We're live with a very special simulcast today with Yan Irving. Hello, Yan. It's uh, pronounced Jan, but yeah, good to see Sorry. you, uh, <laughs> Jason. I always screw it up. I hey, you know what? Up. No worries. You know, it's a w weird Scandinavian Viking name. It's, you know, I mean, some places in Europe pronounce it Jan. Uh, when I lived in Europe, they pronounced it Jan. I was in Central Europe, so... You know, it's it just depends on where you're at, but it's you know it's it's uh, Scandinavian for John, you know, and it's uh, it's it's one of those there names that that everybody gets confused. All right, well, Jan, there it is. See, and now I will not get it confused. But this is an important show because I think you know you've got thousands of viewers on Lagos Media. I've got thousands of viewers on Crowdsource the Truth, but I'm not sure if Crowdsource the Truth viewers have seen you before, and certainly this is our first public conversation, even though you and I have been in communication for some time. Correct, and uh, you know, let's see, I forget who was gonna go on who, whose show about two months ago, and then I got sick, and I had to cancel, and then I went to Tahoe on vacation for a week with my son, and then mm -hmm. I was going to uh, have you on or go on your show when I got back, and then I, I got the boomerang effect and got sick again when I got home. So I had to cancel it the mm. second time. And, wow. uh, you know, it was just one of those things that uh, got got dragged out. So, you know, good to be on your show. Here we, are. here we are. We're simulcasting today on both channels. Uh, hey, everybody in the chat there. Good to have you. And uh, so, yeah, let's go. Where do you want to begin today? Well, I think it's interesting for you and I to discuss how we first got connected. The overall topic we want to talk about is social engineering, and it's something that you know quite a bit about. I was totally unaware of before I started Crowdsource the Truth. And actually, I first found you when I was researching some of the social engineers that have been uh, causing me some trouble. <laughs> and the interesting thing is when I saw an interview that you had done I thought you were with these guys and you were one of them. So I stayed away for quite a while. Well, and then uh, you probably saw a lot of the attacks coming out against me from these groups. And then uh, I did. You reached out to me, what, maybe six or eight months ago. And that was when I saw you being attacked. And I said, well, wait a minute. Maybe this guy's a victim of social engineering. Well, you know, I think you and I had the same experience. We both had co-hosts i believe who were infiltrators who got on the show and uh, right. pretended to be working with us meanwhile uh the last uh, you know uh, long-term co-host i had whom i kicked off the show about two two and a half years ago he was simultaneously mm -hmm. running teams of trolls against me while pretending to be my friend you know and he would cause audio interruptions constantly Whenever uh, anything was, uh, you know, important was said on the show. And, you know, that was just the start of it, you know. But hmm. I started realizing that these people, anytime I had a really uh, intelligent guest on the show, that there was a right. pattern. You, you begin to see a pattern, the modus operandi, of them recruiting your best people, your best researchers that come on the show you know so 
after a while, you know, it was like, all right, I, I've seen this same pattern play out a couple of dozen times. And, of course, they spin it on you that you think everybody's out to get you when they're actively going out and recruiting these people and uh, turning them on you. Well, because they want you to feel paranoid and crazy, and they also want you to doubt any new people who might come to you with valid information. Basically just want to complicate the process of trying to make a living as a YouTuber, a podcaster, whatever it is you might consider yourself. And you've been at this for some time. Isn't that right, Jan? You're an old school podcaster. This, this week, actually, Jason, is is it today? Would I call it today or next Tuesday's show? That's the iffy right there. But it's the 11th anniversary of the show. You know, so that's amazing. You know, I, I'm pretty much the last of the last decade people. There might be red ice out there, but you know, when you've been doing it for this, yeah, get him off the screen. We don't want him up there. Good grief. Well, I, the only reason talk, I talk to about put that to, there, you know, and talk about somebody who turned and, and geez, you know. But this speaks to your old school podcasting chops. You are the one who introduced Joe Rogan to the idea of podcasting. Yeah, which of course today he denies. And uh, but I had a conversation oh. with him back in two thousand, late two thousand eight or early two thousand nine, that I had started a podcast, and he and I were friends for years, up until the day I went on his show. And um, you know, so I was talking to him one day, and I'm telling him that I started a show, and he's sitting there going, "Really, really, really." You know, and then he goes out and he's like, wow, I'm going to look into this. So he starts a show and then he calls me, you know, three, six months later, I'll have to have you on sometime. He didn't have me on until like show JRE show 111, no, 119. But yep. uh, it was, uh, you know, the entire time I was on his show on that episode, on episode 119, he interrupted me every time I brought up stuff, important research to tell dick jokes. And uh, I, I just, I started realizing what was going on, and he pillaged a lot of my research, in my opinion, to uh, launch himself as the poster boy of psychedelics. And, um, hmm. you know, so he, he pushed all of this stuff out there and got really big promoting psychedelic drugs and Terrence McKenna and all of this stuff. And, you know, back in the day, I was into that stuff, and I had given him a a dose, uh, he and Eddie Bravo, actually, a dose of uh, DMT one day at their house. We were all hanging out, and I had wanted to try it, and I ordered some. This was back when you could get 5-MeO-DMT through the mail before it was a, a Schedule 1. But, uh, it was legal at the time. It was legal at the time. And, um, you know, I gave him a hit of the stuff, not knowing, and then he just took the whole thing, and he went, you know, mega superstar. He's the number one show out there. But back then, I was in the top ten shows, you know. So they've done everything uh -huh. over the last ten years to really try to push my show down, you know. And, wow. you, you know, they come to you. I was flown up to Canada once. They try to recruit me. They do all kinds of shenanigans to try to recruit you. Now, who's the they? Who's the they you're talking well, about? Well, I had someone from Tragedy and Hope uh, fly me up to Vancouver, and they took. I was supposed mm -hmm. to be in a documentary film that was never released. We sat in front of the camera, shot some film, went out to dinner, and the whole conversation at dinner was what I felt about lying. 
And then I was dropped uh, off at the airport the next day and told you didn't get the job. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, well, that was a uh, th- that was a uh, job interview last night. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? And the guy drives off. So, yeah, well, there you go. But uh, well, it's interesting that you bring up tragedy and hope because I've I've seen this, you know, video podcast, whatever this is before. They did a show about Bill Binney. But it occurs to me that Tragedy and Hope is the title of a book written by Carol Quigley. Correct. And, and it's and a and, mentor. And to he's Clinton. He, Clinton. He was a professor professor at Georgetown University. And of course, it's it's called Tragedy and Hope. The name itself is a Hegelian dialectic, but you can't check one single claim in the whole freaking book. You know, and then uh, Peace Revolution right there, it shows the 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 Hegelian dialectic right there. But what does PR mean? What does that mean? PR. Anybody? Public relations. Any, you know, and of course they flat out deny it. But anyway, you know, I, I used to work with those guys and up until I saw a lot of shenanigans going on and, and uh, I stopped working with them in like 2004, you know, so it's been quite Mm -hmm. a while, maybe even before then, but it could have been 2003 or so. I just started seeing a lot of, shaky stuff going on in my opinion caveat so you know the 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 legal disclaimer there but you can you can turn that off we don't need to show that crap the only reason i wanted to show this is because it's an interesting film you know bill binney is not brad pitt he's not the kind of guy that people are putting a lot of money behind the production in because his message is essentially something that the government and big moneyed interests don't really want getting out. And I'm not trying to say that this is an expensive production, but this is clearly shot on some kind of camera with cinematic lenses. This is not an iPhone. Well, you know, here's, here's, that's a funny thing that you mentioned that. So I flew out there to go to the, the uh, free your mind conference, (laughs) which is another total scam in my opinion. But uh, mm-hmm. I flew out there in 2011 and, and then uh, to go to the Free Your Mind conference, and I stayed at their house for the night. Well, you know, they were begging for donations and claiming they were broke and this and that. And I walk in their house from the airport, and there's expensive tripods, cameras, sound equipment, all top-of-the-line stuff. We're talking like... Yeah. You know, 20, 30, yeah, 20, 30, $40,000 worth of, of top of the line equipment all over the house. And it was like, you know, in the living room, they had, they had managed to set up a pretty full studio in the basement of their, of their house and everything. And, you know, meanwhile, they were pretending that they were flat broke and, um, you know, and they had somebody, uh, uh, Tony who was matching every single donation that they got. But they were buying Who's all. Tony? Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but. Okay, never mind. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. But it, if somehow I believe I saw that they were actually shooting on red cameras, which is something I've got a lot of experience with. These are the cameras that I used to use when I was making multi million dollar Hollywood productions. Oh, jeez. They come down wow, to 20, somewhat. $27,000. Well, than they used to be. Wow. So here I'm thinking, you know, they're using like, I think back then they were using uh, 
Canon cameras, that epic or something. you know, like seven, Canon. seven, seven hundred D or, or no, what was the seventy D's could or be, whatever? Could be a Canon seven D. So that's way less expensive. I don't want to. It was still in the five or ten yet. grand, you know, range though, with all the lenses and whatnot. But, but definitely uh, a more expensive setup. But I, I don't know what they did. But you know, they had somebody pay for you know their background TVs. Like I had a banner donated by. Uh, by uh, Anthony earlier this year. Actually, he donated two of mm -hmm. them, so thank you, Anthony. And, you know, I got it on a, a lattice, uh, you know, thing here. That's that's totally high-tech, you know. Looks so, uh, yeah. you know, and, and somebody donated this Heil microphone. You know what? One time I had this idiot uh, accuse me of being dirty because I had a good microphone, and Chris does an <laughs> awesome job on my graphics, and Chris has been doing my graphics for, like, eight years or so like a long time thank you chris by the way but uh so i was accused of being dirty because i have a nice microphone and chris does an awesome job on the graphics <laughs> yeah so that was the yeah. sum total of their evidence you know oh they don't need evidence they just need any old thing to say that they can repeat and repeat and repeat and it's interesting because you know i was speaking with lynn ulbrich this morning ross ulbrich's mother and we spoke about the fact that through the media, they had introduced a false charge against Ross, saying that he had been involved in a murder-for-hire plot. And although that never came up in court, there was no official charge, it proliferated through the news media. So it really is hurting their ability to gain public support for Ross's effort, because a lot of people will see an article that says, oh, he's been accused of murder for hire. They think he's a criminal and they turn away. This type of behavior is exactly what social engineers will do. Whereas you or I are perhaps more interested in, obviously we want a certain level of quality of the audio and the image quality, we want it to be good. We're not trying to trick anybody into thinking we're using some kind of fancy Hollywood camera or make the production look, you know, super duper or anything like that. These are the types of subtle things that social engineers are doing to try to fool people, right? Absolutely. You know, and you can you can see when it happens a lot of times. You know, when you when you start a podcast, you probably get this. You have uh, these people coming to your assistance wanting to donate money or equipment and stuff like this, but they want a piece of the pie or whatever you're doing. And um, you start to realize, hey, if I say what they want, I get large donations. If I don't say right. what they want, and I'm talking large donations, like three, five, six thousand bucks. And if you wow. don't, if I you haven't had that happen, if you don't say what they want, the largest donation you'll ever probably get is about maybe two to four hundred bucks. You know, and uh, I started noticing this stuff, and this was, you know, I used to have this guy, uh, I forget his name, but. <laughs> back when I was still involved in researching and promoting or, or promoting psychedelic drugs before I had the big wake up of, of the whole thing being MK Ultra, uh, there was this guy, Tad, who would send uh, very large donations as long as I toted the line, you know, and then I started questioning all of that about a year into the show. And, you know, because of my own research and looking into Tim Leary and Terrence McKenna and uh, Professor Carl Rock at Boston University, Gordon Wasson, all of these people, and I started realizing there was a huge fraud going on and that these guys were spinning a yarn. 
And um, as soon as I started questioning the official narrative, that's when all of the, you know, I was pushed to the side, Joe Rogan was promoted up, and then, you know, my my show was fairly well sidelined. You know, it's like right now there's uh, 63 people watching my live feed. I've got almost uh, 62,000 subs. How does that happen? Right. You know? Yeah, and, it seems a low number. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and I notice yours right now is at 171, and you're only 20 above me, but they've throttled my account for years. They've shadow banned me for like – Oh, three years now. And if, I think uh, Steve Outram and his band of LARPer trolls and whatnot has been largely uh, behind that, you know, uh, trying well, how to. Could, how could an outside entity, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jan, how can an outside entity like Steve Outram or any hacker, social engineer, bloated moron like that, how can they actually directly impact the functionality of YouTube and reduce it to only 66 viewers? Don't we need somebody in YouTube doing that? You mean somebody who is a big uh, tech millionaire from Silicon Valley right. who was- Might in, know somebody in there. Not, right. Might know a lot of people like, okay, so I forget which model it was, but it was the, the like the SUV version of the Tesla, and they were going to make 99, oh, 999 official uh, uh, first cars. And then uh, Steve tells me, oh, yeah, I just called up uh, Elon Musk, and he said, okay, and he was going to make me the 1,000th. Wow. I mean, is that true? It might be. It's, well, he, he got the thing. I, he actually yeah. took me yeah, for a ride. Yeah, but he could just buy him. one and say that. Well, it could have been, but this was when the thing was first released. But, yeah, you know, he's done uh, uh, fake doxings of me where he spends every single detail. He says when I was in high school that I was actually in a, uh, a mental institution and all kinds of crap. I mean, he's literally any bit of dirt that he can dig up and spin and, and you know, flip it backwards, he, that's what he'll do. But you've had See, I some don't like referring to it as digging up dirt, because in my mind, digging up well, dirt oh, yeah, means good, good point. There's something buried that he finds. He's well, what he, what he, false claims. Exactly. Well, what he did was he got uh, this guy who was Edward Bern Edward Bernays, the the father of propaganda. Uh, uh -huh. Edward Bernays's yeah. nephew claimed that. Okay, so this guy was in the mental institution. He he claims that I was in there with him in the 90s when oh. I was in freaking or no wait uh, late 80s to early 90s when I was in uh, uh, when I was a junior and senior in high school you know so <laughs> so how does that work exactly thanks Brian for the uh, super chat much appreciated but you know how does that work when I'm in freaking high school you know and it's just all this absurd ridiculous crap that that he uh, spun you know and he put yeah. all of these trolls on me, and he was working with uh, my former co-host. But, um, you know, and, and this was somebody that I had invited on the show to do uh, a series on Burning Man. And then I started realizing mm -hmm. that every time I was being trolled, he and Joe Atwell happened to be associated with these people. And, uh, you know, you start to realize that there's something going on there behind the scenes that, you know, that you didn't see before. So, of course, then he spins it that you're paranoid, you know, but the whole thing is uh, uh, he's doing, uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, 
chaos magic or whatever. And then, of course, he tries to claim that I'm the chaos magic. Another thing yeah, he, he just to, said that about me. Oh, yeah. What well, is it, chaos magic? Well, that's what he does is he accuses everyone else of exactly what he's doing. That's his whole shtick, you know. But, uh, uh-huh. you know, he's a big Crowleyite, the, uh, Themelite, them, however you pronounce it. Thelema. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's into all of this dark occult magic. And uh, they're into spinning an inversion and attacking anybody who uh, disagrees with them or doesn't go along with the narrative. So, you know, and you've had a lot of interaction with with him harassing you, too, haven't you? I have. He is a liar and a coward because he likes to do it from New Zealand, where I think he knows it's extremely difficult to take any kind of civil legal action or to raise any kind of criminal complaint right that's how cowards operate they lie they uh, i don't understand how he got such an attractive woman to hang out with him but probably having a lot of money causes a woman like this to <laughs> well you, you should cares about him you should see there's a really hilarious uh news report from a maybe you shared it with me a news report of an ex-girlfriend of his who sued him for several million yeah. dollars uh, yeah, you just froze him of being a fat slob. Right. I'm still here. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, there you are. Fat slob with gout and all of this stuff. And he would just sit there playing <laughs> video games and he stunk and didn't and bathe drinking, and-, and drinking. This right. is important because you see the substance abuse. So you've told us that you were experimenting with psychedelic drugs. Then you had an awakening and you've turned away from it. People enjoy recreational drinking, marijuana is legal in certain states, whatever people want to do. I'm not casting aspersions on that. But when someone is drinking or abusing a substance so frequently that their significant other brings it up in a lawsuit, that's a problem. And this guy's got a problem for sure. Well, you know, and I, he actually admits in uh, this news clip from uh, Australian news that he was selling his software to the CIA. Now, of course, he pretends, yeah. oh, you know, well, I, you know, his counter argument was that he had just seen their credit card come by, you know, and it said right. Central Intelligence Agency on it. He didn't have to put in bids <laughs> yeah, right. and go through the normal channels <laughs> of of all the other people that get government and CIA contracts. He just, you know, saw the, uh, you know, saw the credit card come through and he has proof of the credit card, this kind of crap, you know. But, uh, you know, but a a lot of people have started catching on that he's behind a lot of these online trolls and LARPing groups and and whatnot. He's he's largely behind this uh, this uh, neo-Nazi group, the the Goyam Defense League or GDL. He's working with a lot of those people and helping fund them and organize them and organize their attacks and stuff like that. So, you know, he's, he's pretty well, you know, as far as I can tell, he's pretty central to that in my opinion, but, um, what's up? Look at this. I just, well, I'm looking up Goyam defense league. It's an obviously, you know, just obnoxious thing. And, uh, the Israeli newspaper Haaretz, which all of these, completely ignorant people can't even pronounce is saying that Brett Favre and other celebrities were duped into recording anti-Semitic messages for white supremacists. Yeah. Videos were made using cameo where users can pay to have celebrities record a personalized message 
And this is talking about how this GDL, the group behind the videos, calls there itself go. the Goyim Defense League. Yep, using exactly a right. word for a non-Jew. Right. So, and then what they do is, you know, we had done a whole series of shows exposing Islam and how they were doing a huge bait and switch. We did 19 shows on this. And what we did was we started checking all the primary texts in the Talmud and the Old Testament, et cetera, for these supposed evil claims about, you know, the evil Jews who right. want to, they want to kill all the Goyim and take over the world. And of course, uh, out of 70 quotes I checked in the Talmud, and I spent over a month reading the Talmud, only one mm -hmm. of the 70 checked out. And then mm -hmm. it took me two days to verify 75% of them in Islamic texts. So wow. one well, point- Let me also ask you this. Well, Isn't it true that these books are written in different languages and translated? Well, sure. You know, and you can go in there with like, if you use Chrome browser, you can go in there and just hit translate, you know, because that was one of their arguments, but you can have Google- Chrome just translate that particular paragraph or page as you go, so that nullifies their their whole argument. But we were able to go through, so you know, I'm spending a month or two going through the Talmud and checking all of this stuff, talk about social mm -hmm. engineering, and then it took me two days to verify 75% in Islamic texts, and so we had 1.6% accuracy uh, of the claims against the Jews, and immediately 75 plus percent was easily verified in, in the Islamic text. So why the hell this wow. huge bait and, and switch? And then we noticed that all of the, the, the neo-Nazi, the GDL people, and the Islamic groups were all working together using the same laundry list of talking points, et cetera. And it just became, um, you know, self-evident that it was uh, a, a collusion going on there. Hmm. Yeah. So you're somewhat of a religious scholar, isn't that right? Previously, your Gnostic media title was about right. Well, yeah. And then religions. I and then I woke up to what Gnosticism was, and I bailed on that. I became a Christian in ah. 2017. You know, I I finally sat down rather than uh, spot reading the Bible. I sat down and actually studied it, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks mm -hmm. what it really was and. The Christianity worships truth as God, as does, for the most part, Judaism. And uh, so once you grasp what Logos is, it just became self-evident that that was, you know, when you get the joke, that's why Christianity is the one true religion, because they worship truth as God. So that was a big uh -huh. aha moment for me. And, you know, we get uh, the words logic comes from Logos, which is the word from uh, John 1, 1 through 17. So... That was just a big, uh, you know, sort of wake up time for me. And I switched the name of the company over, you know, and uh, that caused a big fanfare as well. <laughs> but this is the type of stuff that these guys latch onto, right? They want to create these religious paradigms that pit one group against the other. You know, Outram is in there paying people to, you know, go online and put in crappy comments and put in chat comments while you or I or somebody they don't like is doing a video. They're doxing people, as you said. They're putting out videos with fake information. Outram has put out countless videos about me filled with false information, yeah. crap that he's just made up. 
And as I said, he's a coward. He doesn't come here to New York or San Francisco or somewhere in the United States and do this because he knows he would be sued for all of this money that he has. And uh, he's basically just a criminal. I think that's why he ran to uh, New Zealand a couple of years ago, you know, was to be able to hide behind, uh, you know, the distance and, and be able to do this stuff without any legal retribution. Because it's it's very obvious now that he is, you know, the main guy behind all this stuff. And it seems lately that my former co-host is kind of mellowed out in it. I don't know. I don't follow him closely. But he went over to Tim Kelly's show. I don't know. After I booted him, I don't know if Tim Kelly ever woke up or not. But um, then uh, Steve, you know, just really doubled down and ramped up all of the trolls and uh just putting out as as much uh disinformation as he possibly could you know and and these this is how social engineering works their goal is to discredit us to you know when people search our names they want people to find right. the, the crap against us rather than our real research and and that's the whole point you know you know, when I, when I was yeah. at uh, Steve's house up in the Bay Area in 2016, September 2016, um, hmm. we were in his kitchen and he says, you know, there's people in the CIA that want to work with you, but you're an asshole. And then later on, he switches that to, oh, well, Joe said you're the uh, you're an asshole, you know, my former co-host. And then, uh, right. you know, slipping, and then he tries to cover up all of that whole conversation. And, oh, it was really me who was the CIA agent. Yeah, I'm the one with all the wealth. Oh, and, and, and then he tried to argue that I launched the psychedelic DMT revolution, you know, because I gave it to Joe Rogan, as if DMT didn't exist back in the 60s before I was born and, you know, whatnot. So... Yeah, he's really a despicable individual, and I'm not just talking about his unkempt and disgusting appearance. I'm talking about how he acts, the things that he does, the things that he says, the fact that he is so engaged in spreading this false information about people. Uh, this is a psychopath, I would say. He has no care. <laughs> That's putting it for, mildly, yeah. Yeah. It's total, yeah. yeah. I think he should come to the United States and bring a lawsuit against me because then he and I could meet in court and we could handle it that way. But he really is a coward who just hides behind a computer and his lies and uh, a network of individuals. See, another thing that they do, Jan, to make this more complicated to eliminate, they don't have just one person who's doing something where you could uh, call the police or the FBI or you know, bring a lawsuit against that person. They like to distribute this activity among a group of people. And yeah, they have a bunch of, you know, uh, idi basically idiots that work for them, like the GDL people, you know. Yeah. yeah. And what they do is everybody's taking these little snipes. So, you know, first of all, it's very complicated to explain to a judge, to a jury, to a lawyer, to whoever. It's well, a could, could thing you, to explain to the could, public. Could you have understood this if you didn't do podcasting for years and get your mind around it? I mean, no. it literally takes no. years to get your mind around it, you know? It does. And there's, uh, what's his name? Now, do you do you suspect that Outram was behind, uh, what's that guy, Cappy's murder? Absolutely. Uh, you do? Absolutely. Well, I don't know that he's murdered. I'm not going to accuse or, or a suicide. I mean, do you think that? What? Murder. Sorry, not murder. What I mean was, did he and his group of trolls drive Cappy to uh, 
suicide you suspect? I don't know enough about it to say definitively yes or no, but what I will tell you is the moment that Isaac Cappy appeared on the scene doing shows with another social engineer pictured here with our bloated gout ridden friend, uh, I immediately suspected that Isaac Cappy was a plant, was a fake, was a false social engineering story because Nathan Stoltman is constantly engaged in that type of activity. I've got a recorded uh, Google Hangout between Nathan Stoltman and Tyrone Simpson and Manuel Chavez and David Swigert where they admit, they openly admit to a monetized campaign to quote, fuck me up to call law enforcement, to send letters to law enforcement and companies that I work with and to try to get my Patreon channel shut down, to write letters. And now, of course, tomorrow is the first uh, hearing in Swigert v. Goodman, a completely fraudulent lawsuit brought by Dave Swigert. And I expect he's going to be smacked down by the magistrate judge, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. This is what these guys want to do, Jan. They want to fill the internet with bad information about their target. They want to hit you with lawsuits or threats of lawsuits, and it's mostly the threats. I spoke with Jesse, your former, this was months ago when I first was dealing with you guys. Yeah, before uh, you yeah well, you know, and Jesse, by the way, he's another actor in this whole thing. He's an actual Hollywood actor. His real name is Jesse Spotswood Moorfield. Uh, Jesse Spots is a you know just his his uh, Hollywood name. Wow! And he I did not know that. And, and Jesse and the guy that you have on the screen there on the left, they are in their buddies yeah. too. Wow! I did not know that. Yep, See, Je Jesse Spotswood very... Moorfield. Yep, it's you know, and then uh, as soon as I started uh, questioning things, uh, Jesse started. Uh, you know, he pretended that he was my friend. And then, uh, you know, it started becoming evident that he was working with this GDL group. And as soon as I started questioning him, he immediately came out and, oh, I stood to lose dozens of GDL friends if I sided with Jan Irvin. And, you know, he's clearly wrong about, you know, Islam and about the Talmud. And, you know, I don't need any evidence or anything. I'm just going to slander him and I'm going to put out yet one more hit piece to make him look crazy. You know, so that was his whole his whole deal. But he's yet another actor. And so he and uh, another guy by the name of Matthew North, that was his buddy, uh, they pretended to be my friends for, you know, for two or three months. And then uh, I get him on the show a few times and then, you know, start researching, sharing information with them. And then they immediately attack me because I started questioning everything. And then, you know, he tried to call me a FBI agent or whatever. And it's like, dude, are you freaking stupid? I gave you the actual paper with all of the Talmud quotes right there with direct links to the Talmud for you to fact check them yourself. But the guy, you know, in my opinion, he doesn't have a very high IQ. He couldn't click the links in there to read what the Talmud actually said to realize that he was, in fact, spewing false information. So well, that's you know, the way a lot of these things work, right? They right. want to hit on a topic that appeals to a particular bias that people might have. And it seems like you've mentioned neo-Nazism. You've spoken about Outram being involved in Luciferian type occult stuff. So they seem to dislike Jewish people. And it's certainly well, they, a thing. Like, well, they, they want to get rid of the Old Testament 
Because when you when you study the Old Testament, you realize that it's the foundation of Western law. And, you know, and then when you study Islam, you realize that they have to kill all Jews by order of Muhammad. So how do you get rid of the Old Testament? First, you kill all the Jews, you push out the Old Testament. And what their goal is, is to bring in Sharia law and Chrislam, right? So, you know, you have this Chrislam. So if they can get rid of the Old Testament, then they can bring in Sharia and couple it with Christianity. So in my opinion, that is their ultimate goal. And Why you know do somebody do that? somebody's saying uh, the Noahide laws. We did a show on the Noahide laws too. That's the foundation of the Ten Commandments. And there's you know people out there that actually you know who've never read the Bible and never read Numbers and 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 whatnot, even the beginning of the Bible, to understand that that's not even a conspiracy. It's literally the foundation of the Ten Commandments. You know, so then they hmm. dream up this whole conspiracy. Oh well, you know the Jews are out to kill anybody for idol worship, which includes Christians. Um, no, you can read in the Quran and the Hadith and the Tasfir, etc., where this is actually part of the agenda. But, of course, they're going to spin everything. And if you point all of this out, so we started researching all of this, and when we pointed all of this out, we became the sellouts. You know, I've always followed the trivium method, and whenever I've discovered that I was wrong on something, I admitted it and put that information out and showed people where they could fact check it. So rather than fact checking it, it became easier to say I sold out because I no longer believed that the Jews were behind it, that it was uh, the Quran and it was... Islam and neo-Nazism working together behind the scenes. You know, like the old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? They both have the same agenda. So why wouldn't they be working together? And so once you see this stuff, it becomes self-evident. But, you know, people don't have the mental fortitude to understand that if they want to, you know— check the Talmud, they open the Talmud and read it. And then they'll say, oh, well, there's a secret Talmud that's, you know, buried six stories underneath the the ground, and they only bring it out on the full moon on Friday the 13th and this kind of crap. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and of course, they can't support their own arguments of the secret Talmud. And the one that we were providing from had, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, these quotes are in there, and what they would do is they, they, they cite one single line or one single paragraph while they omit the surrounding five or ten pages of explanation that destroy that one line. So, you know, in the Talmud, one rabbi will present— Taking it, things out of context. Right, right. And one rabbi will present an argument, and then, you know, five or ten other rabbis will break it down logically. It's supposed to be like— you know, like Greek philosophy, and they break it down logically to its final point. But, of course, these GDL people and all these frauds, they don't want the discussion. Uh, Benjamin Owen is another one that started promoting all this crap. But they don't want people to understand the full context. They only want people to read the one line. And they don't want you to click the links and study the Talmud. And I am going to start putting out uh, videos of each of these lines of of the Talmuds and show how they're taken out of context and what the original thing says. But, yeah, I do have a paper here. You know, people are asking about it in the chat. Let me see if I can pull it up here, if you want to talk for a minute while I'm doing that. Sure. And, I mean, the thing that you're describing, there's a lot of social engineers here in my chat who are saying negative things about you, and I'm blocking them and whatnot, and they're calling you a, uh, 
an apologist, a Zionist apologist. The thing that you're talking about has got nothing to do with Judaism. I mean, that specific topic does, but we're talking about the social engineering aspect of it. And what you're describing, Jan, is no different than what Adam Schiff is doing with this phone call that Trump made to Ukraine. He's telling you something that is not reflective of the actual text of what was said. And because so many people are out there uh, sort of, you know, wanting to hate Trump, they'll pick up any crumb that remotely resembles something that they want to seize on. And they don't care about the facts. They don't care about doing their own research. Right. They just. Well, you know, and those are all of Steve Outram's. Uh trolls and whatnot in there they're all the paid gdl shills you know and we had we had tracked all of them and we created a database showing all of those people but you know even here's one uh abada zara 26b even the best of genteels should be killed and you can go into the talmud itself and you can read these quotes and then you realize how they're totally fake you know i'm not a zionist sellout like these these poor morons are, yeah. are trying to claim um, but, uh, and then what happens is we can actually go into the Islamic texts and easily and quickly find these exact same references. Now, these morons have no problem with this stuff being easily found in Islam, but you are a sellout and a Zio shill and this and that, and, you know, if you point out that these quotes are totally fake in the Talmud and Jewish texts. So... You know, here's more of them, but, you know, people can read these on screen if they want. I don't care. Yeah. But, you know, this stuff is, you know, easily disproved. And anybody with an IQ over, you know, maybe 90, 95 can verify these. But unfortunately, the trolls in your chat don't have that high an IQ. I mean, they're they're paid to spread well, lies. Probably Steve and, Outram with five different sock puppet accounts. Probably, or, you know, right. One of the people that we yeah. already know. Or uh, John Minadeo or, you know, or uh, Albert Bishai, who's yeah. this this Muslim banker in New York who, who goes around and lies that he's a Christian and, and spreads all this GDL stuff. He's one of the original uh, GDL wow. uh, 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 people, uh, founders. Um, there's quite a, a number of uh, these paid gdl shills though but wow. um let me ask you something else about outram because this picture is apparently of him with i guess his wife um this is a woman named tara singh who as i understand it is employed by something called un women and when you search her name and un women you get this on the current page it cannot be found um so i've gone back into it's interesting i have seen her associated with this in the past what is this u.n women what is I, his I, wife doing you had mentioned it once to me about six months ago but you know i don't know any further information on that unfortunately i wish i i did have more information it's interesting though that he's associated with this woman who is uh in this u.n thing and he's such a despicable guy. I well, think and she that, went to uh, a whoever... very she went to a very high and private uh, school in uh, in New York as well. You know, I for, oh, really? I forget which. So here, when we go back, it's to it's June the one over over by the Hudson River. I forget which one uh, she went to. Dalton, <sighs> possibly Horace Mann. 
Hold on a second. I'd have to look it up. Let's see. I, I'll we see her on the board of members, I think, here. So see, I get very concerned when we have, have these social engineers who are messing around in YouTube. The question people should be asking themselves, you know, uh, we've heard, Yen, that Steve is worth something on the order of 60 million. We've heard hundreds of million, whatever it is. It seems to me that somebody his age, 40s, or however old that sloppy fatso is, uh, should be busily spending his millions. Why does he care what you and I would be saying? Right. Well, I, you know, um, I, I'd be chilling on the uh, Mediterranean or out in the Caribbean on a yacht somewhere. But what does that, you know, idiot do? He sits there trolling us all day and running teams of trolls, you know, and and well, pretend, and so what you know, and then he, you and, you know, and he, he started out pretending that he was my friend and whatnot. But, you know, I think he makes well either either somebody's blackmailing him to do this stuff, or he makes a lot of money to uh, put out these these trolls against anybody who didn't take the money. You know. Well, see, I have another hypothesis. I think that Steve Outram, being a simple-minded, greedy, selfish psychopath, is probably not so satisfied that his sausage software or hot dog html the, the, the phallic the, the, 60 the, the, the cock references there yeah i mean he's just such an immature simple-minded fool but uh i feel he's probably dissatisfied with 60 million and he looks at mark zuckerberg who is and, testifying and, you know and Congress i thought today. he was you know worth close to a billion so i said you know he's a pseudo billionaire and he's like i'm not a pseudo billionaire and he made a whole big attack against me for saying that you know because i thought he was worth like 700 million not 70 million and so i made a mistake on that but he he just had a huge fanfare with that and you know i'm not a pseudo billionaire and oh, 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 oh. but you know then he admits he's invested in many dozens of companies so who knows what the frick he's really worth i don't care what he's worth but uh it, it just uh he for anyone who is a wealthy business person spending the amount of time that he does on YouTube uh, trolling and mocking people and putting out this fake information. Everybody that I know that has a lot of money would be very concerned about putting out known false information on the internet because they know it opens you up to libel, slander, defamation lawsuits. Of course, the laws on defamation and slander in New Zealand are vastly different than they are in the United States. And I say again, I think part of the reason why he chooses to be there when he could be in San Francisco, New York, California, wherever, he, uh, he knows that he can do this with impunity and basically have no repercussions whatsoever. But I suspect he's doing it because he's protecting some sort of operation that stands to earn him substantially larger amounts of money. And again, I think he is part of the internet bubble 1.0, the creation of HTML and all of that. And it seems like 2.0 was the introduction of social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all this, those guys made billions. And now it seems like the third killer app for the internet is the same thing that was being discussed in Congress today, cryptocurrency. Right, yeah, the blockchain, and a, the blockchain and all of that. And who was the first to put out a, a serverless foundation? It was uh, Napster, you know. Serverless foundation, you mean a decentralized? D yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. That was uh, Napster. So going, going way back uh, into the uh, 90s for that, you know.
Right. And then, so see, I've noticed that Outram is associated somehow with this thing, Coin Easy Eye, which is uh, some sort of a cryptocurrency exchange. And it's talking about no fee Bitcoin trading. Uh, it's in Estonia. And it's also linked to some kind of NY coin. And uh, I don't know what these guys are doing, but it certainly seems like owning your own cryptocurrency exchange would be a fantastic way to steal money from people. You could get involved in fractional reserve, Bitcoin sales. You could do like that guy who went to India and died with the only password and suddenly $160 million disappeared. I think these guys are air, working air on quotes, play. Air, air quotes died. Right, right. So... I mean, again, I think if these guys have real and true information, they should come to the United States. They should present it in a formal setting where they put something on the line, where if it can be proven that what they're saying is false, they should you know, try to prove this in a defamation lawsuit, just as Robert David Steele was trying to do. But he... I've has no I've, money. To I've had a, too. I've had an interaction with that guy. It was pretty hilarious. I should. Sh what I should, happened? I should share the emails with you sometime. But oh, please. I I had written him one time asking him. So you say your former CIA. You know how can I trust you? And then he sent me this this uh, long screed of name calling and just like outrageous crap. You know. <laughs> So these are the kind of people that we're dealing with. You right, know? yeah. They For, Former CIA, names. yeah, exactly. Right, right. Steve Outram puts out a series of broadcasts, interviewing other social engineers, saying things, and, you know, it, it's just, it's very tiresome. But I want to talk to people about this social engineering because it's not just happening with bloated, dopey morons on the internet. This is exactly the same type of tactic that Adam Schiff is using even Mark Zuckerberg today. They weren't talking about Facebook's association with Dynology and Clearforce and Barack Obama's former national security yeah. advisor. They weren't talking about how uh, the information being shared on Facebook is being used for illegal surveillance and crossing over into these government surveillance networks. It was like uh, you know somebody trying to explain the computer to their grandmother with a bunch of uneducated, ignorant Congress people who were just angry at Mark Zuckerberg, quite possibly justifiably so, spouting off and getting their little clip to post, ironically. Well, on Facebook. And, and anybody who's a conservative knows that Twitter, Facebook, and all these social media platforms can uh, uh, censor anyone who has anything conservative to say. Yeah. Well, that's right. And, you know, they're trying to control the platforms. They're trying to control the flow of information on the platforms. And they're trying to redirect people to other platforms. See, another thing I think they do in this social engineering, I've, I've sort of accelerated to a late phase of it pretty quickly because they're engaging me in lawfare. These lawsuits are intended to shut me down. This is why I brought up Jesse, because I had contacted you and I had contacted him and then he called me back. I spoke to him, I think, before I spoke to you or right around the same exact time. And he told me that they had also threatened him with a lawsuit and that 
caused him to back down and go away. And I can't imagine how many people they would do that to, particularly if it's someone who's doing a YouTube show as a side thing. If you have another job and another way to make money, it might be much easier to turn away from something like this and say, you know, I'm going to stick with that. I made a decision in 2017 that this was going to be my full-time job. And towards what you were saying about those large financial donations, I haven't gotten really too many approaching the numbers that you're talking about. Right. Well, you know, tonight I've, tonight I've had a total of uh, $10 in donations. So thank you, Brian. And by the way, folks, please hit the uh, super chat button there for both of our shows and support the show because we both uh, can really use your support. Actually, I appreciate that tremendously, Jan, but Super Chat is not active on the main crowdsource, the Truth Channel. Oh, it's a not. a complicated reason why. Well, no. you know, I, when I, I got started. I, my, my channel was just demonetized for three months. I just barely got it back up a few weeks ago. That's exactly the reason why I don't have Super Chat on my channel, because it's part of the way that these social engineers attempt to control what we're doing. So if... Steve Outram, or someone knows someone who works for Google, which frankly is not that hard to imagine, particularly if he was in uh, Silicon Valley and knows people around. I mean, I know plenty of people in Hollywood. If you want to talk to somebody in a studio working as a grip on a truck or something, I might be able to get you to somebody. So the notion that they would know some engineer in there who could sneak in, who could do something, who could, whoops, make a mistake, and your subscribers do this or that, it's not that far-fetched, but you know, by being able to manipulate the flow of money to the channel, they can easily disrupt you. So what I did early on was I separated the monetization of my effort from YouTube, and I have got a Subscribestar and a Patreon page. Oh, so somebody just somebody Star, just mentioned Subscribestar in the chat. They said, could I get an account? I hadn't heard of it before. Oh, yeah, you should get onto Subscribestar. I've got Subscribestar.com slash Crowdsource the Truth and Patreon.com slash Crowdsource the Truth. And I encourage people to micro-sponsor the channel. I'd rather have 100 people giving $5 than one person giving 500 for a couple reasons. First of all, I don't want to put financial burden on any one particular person, A. I don't want someone to come along and think that 500 or 5,000 or 50,000 or whatever the number is going to then get me to say or do some particular thing. There was a person Correct. who came into Patreon for $100 a month, asked me to interview someone. It was John Lear that they asked me to interview. And John Lear was convinced that holograms had crashed into the World Trade Center. And although I agree that what we've been told about 9-11 is absolutely untrue, and multiple Israeli individuals were involved with the planning and execution of 9-11. I disagree that holograms hit the building, and I have extensive knowledge of how holograms work, and we could even theorize how they might work. So I basically told John Lear that he had no facts, no information, and was kind of barking up the wrong tree. And this person who had given me $300 wanted their money back. And I told them if they wanted to pay for the news the way they like it, they should go put an ad on CNN and start telling them what to do. But it's really important to me that this effort be monetized by many, many micro sponsorships, because that way you can't cut it all off at once like they can when they demonetize YouTube. Correct. Yeah. 
So we're getting close to the end of our hour, Jan. I think you and I could have a lot of these conversations moving forward. We're venting a little bit about some of our attackers well, well, and sure. it's you know, sort of provoke a response. Oh, sure. Well, you know, and that's kind of the uh, intent really is to get these clowns to, you know, do what they do best. And that's all they know how to do is react. You know, they don't, yeah. they can't do original quality thinking, honest, truthful research. So they have to spend stuff to try to discredit you and I and, and people like us that are doing real research. So, I mean, you know, I can't hold too much against them for, you know, for being low IQ troglodytes. I mean, you know, you just kind of have to excuse them really. Yeah. Yeah. People are asking what the ad, first of all, I have no donations on crowdsource the truth. Crowdsource the truth is receiving sponsorship payments. And the average is right in there with the average for every Patreon creator that I've evaluated. It's right around four and a half dollars per person per month, which I like that amount because if someone goes and buys the New York Times or a copy of Newsweek or a cup of coffee at Starbucks, that's an amount of money that most people can deal with on a monthly basis. And for people like you and I who are, I mean, I presume this is your full-time job. I know for me, this is the fourth show I've done today. So I'm dedicating a ton of time to this. Well, you know, when I started the show, I was in and out of the hospital constantly and um why uh i used to eat wheat and um so i managed to cure myself and i've done a number of shows uh helping people with their health and whatnot but um stuff oh yeah and you know veganism was the stupidest thing i've ever done in my life but uh so, you know, wheat causes over 40 different diseases. I don't recommend anybody eat it. You know, they might not have an, emer an immediate allergic reaction to it, but there's many different ways that uh, wheat reaction manifests. Uh, you know, some people get schizophrenia, some people get heart disease, others get obesity, others get psoriasis, others get uh, IBS. And, you know, so it, it, you know, it manifests in so many different uh, ways. So hmm. I see a lot of new viewers here in the chat, which uh, I'm hopeful is an indication that people were so excited that you and I were doing a show together that they came over here. But I have a feeling that a lot of people are trolling you in my chat here. So yeah. that's interesting. Uh, well, I see you a know, lot of our regular viewers. You know, bless them. You know, what can you say? Um, they, you know. They don't have the intelligence to get real work, so they're going to go out and spread lies. I mean, Steve is probably sitting there with a bag of donuts and a and a pack of <laughs> beer and a and a and a joint, you know, and sitting there nursing his gout or something like that. And uh, so this is right. what he does, you know. That's that's what he occupies his time with. That's uh, it's too bad, you know. I thought the guy was a friend, you know. How he he won me over is that's the worst part. When you trust in someone and think they're a friend and they oh, yeah. turn, well, that really he, hurts. Well, you know, and he was he was on my Facebook page, and then he bought this brand-new McLaren one year, and I was, like, just kind of joking, hey, so uh, you're going to show up next week and give me a ride in it. You know, something to that effect, not verbatim. And he was like, yeah, I'll be there. And I was just kind of like, uh, I was, you know, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I'm serious. I'll be there. And he actually showed up and uh, took me for a, a drive in his McLaren. The irony is, is uh, he almost 
erected a block from my house. He almost crashed into some car. <laughs> he, you know, he he totally wasn't paying attention. You know, another time he had taken me in for a ride, and you know, he picked me up from the airport in San Francisco in his uh, Tesla that time. You guys were good friends. I I thought you know I so I thought, and uh, he picks me up from the airport in his Tesla. And almost wrecks it, you know, slams it into the curb and stuff. You know, it's just like, wow. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Green Stash is in the comments saying that it's glyphosate on the wheat, not the wheat itself. And I think that might have some merit. Well, there's, you know, there's gluten. There's a whole lot of different... Uh, mm, uh, and uh, Thank you, KS. There's a whole lot of... It, it, there, there can be mycotoxins, gluten. There's 41 or so different proteins that we can't digest in wheat that cause havoc in our systems. Uh, but there's many different you know things on it. I've done a lot of shows on it, but uh, I personally That's a don't. Topic for another. Day, yeah, I, I personally don't recommend eating any grain, and I've seen it time and time again. People have reversed massive health uh, issues by quitting it and going to a keto or carnivore diet, which of course they've told us for 80 some years is uh, you're going to fall right, over have a heart good. attack. And then you, you see people after six months of going on a carnivore diet and they're totally ripped and in shape. You know, I had one guy a couple hmm. of years ago, write Me a uh, Latino guy. He was in a band and he weighed 360, 400 pounds, something like that. And he sent me photos before and after he heard these shows. And he was a ripped, in shape, good looking guy. You know, huh. and it was just, you know, From so the carnivore diet. Yeah, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, that was the keto diet with him, but I, I wish I could remember his name because I, you know, I just, I really appreciated that guy and it really uh, struck me. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, 6 p.m. So uh, we definitely should do this again sometime, Jason. Uh, to yeah. Get together soon. Absolutely. Uh, looks like we have a little bit of lag going on again between our our sides here, but uh, you know, That's please right. please donate, support the show, logosmedia.com. You can go to Patreon and support my channel there, as well as through PayPal. You can uh, PayPal directly at contact at logosmedia.com. You can also reach me there. And uh, Jason, how do people reach you and support you? Best way is for people to go to crowdsourcethetruth.com. That's got the email address. That's got all of the different support links that they can use. I'm regularly doing exclusive shows for sponsors on subscribestar.com slash crowdsourcethetruth and patreon.com slash crowdsourcethetruth. And Jan, I really appreciate you working with me to put together this uh the simulcast, it's great that we finally got a chance to speak about some of these things. And, you know, for me, the most important thing is not slinging mud at these losers, but they are losers. Uh, but <laughs> opening people's eyes to the fact that this is happening. Right. Because as you said, before I got into this, I had no idea that this activity existed. And what I want to do in an ongoing kind of a way is to point it out to people show them how it's happening, and show them not just how idiots like Steve Outram and his associates are doing it to you and I on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and all these other things, but to see how these exact same tactics translate to national politics, to international politics, and are used to shape the course of humanity. It's an incredibly dangerous deception. And Jan, I hope that you and I can... Uh, help further people's understanding of it and reduce its occurrence. 
Definitely. And I recommend people also look up LARPing, LARPers, L-A-R-P, uh, and study that so that you can, you know, it's part of role uh, live-action role-playing games. And uh, so this is what they do is they take on a persona, and then they go out and they, they do this crap. So uh, once you understand it, you know, and there's been some effort to expose Steve Outram as uh, a LARPer on some other channels that I've seen over the last several months, but... Uh, you know, once you understand how it works, uh, you can begin to see, you know, people like Steve Outram or John Minadeo or Jesse Spotswood Moorfield or, you know, uh, all of these these GDL people and how they're out there uh, doing all of this stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, those are the main ones, I guess. Uh, Adam Green is probably another one, you know. Oh, but. he's a mean guy. <laughs> Hateful guy. Yep. Yeah. Puts out a lot of disinformation, but uh, anyway. He's in there with Jake Morphonios. They went to uh, Israel together, and uh, they they love to hate Jews and Israel. Yeah, well, anything that Israel does, it doesn't matter. And I used to fall into this this line, too, until I started looking at Islam's role and the convenience of everything. You know, it's like here's 1.4, 1.8 billion Muslims, and we're told that, you know, they're stupid brown people with box cutters who couldn't accomplish anything, couldn't organize anything, and that we, we shouldn't worry about them, but we should worry about 14 million Jews. You know, and, you know, like I said, we did, you know, like what? 19 shows with Lloyd and Todd exposing all of this stuff. And by the time we were done, there was just no question about it, you know. And if you couldn't grasp it, you were either dirty or had a sub 90 IQ. I mean, we we put the text on screen for people to verify. There was no argument about it. Anybody could go out and look this stuff up and verify it. So, you know, at that point, it just became obvious, and it became obvious soon into the series that this was going on and that this, this, that this was a huge bait-and-switch, that they were trying to get us to attack the Jews so that Islam had a smokescreen, and the neo-Nazis, for that matter, had a smokescreen to do everything they were doing. Look over here so that what's going on over here is completely ignored. So Wow. Yeah, but let's get together yeah, soon I mean, and 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 let's let's do this again soon, Jason. Absolutely, Jan. Great to have you and thanks for watching everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks everybody. Good night. See you soon. Take care. And that's a wrap.